0: welcome to the amplify to seven figures podcast where we look inside the mind of seven figure entrepreneurs to see how they amplify their business and amplify their life let's welcome today's guest today's guest is the managing director of the number one linkedin marketing and training company in the world his company Bibi Consulting Group has successfully helped their clients close $400 million in additional sales through LinkedIn marketing strategies. He was awarded the winner of the Best Use of LinkedIn at Social Media Marketing Awards in 2019 for his campaign, LinkedIn Heroes, and won the award again in 2020 for his weekly series, Monday Night Live. The Social Media Marketing Institute rank him as the number one LinkedIn expert in the entire Asia-Pacific region. Please give a very warm welcome to the show, today's guest, Nathaniel Bibby. How you doing, Nathaniel?
1: Thank you, thank you. I'm great. How are you?
0: I am fantastic. Super excited to dive in with you today. Now, something I'm, I'm curious of, right, you work with some pretty damn big brands, right? Apple, Channel 7, Western Union, and a lot more. How how did you firstly connect with those those kind of companies and and then become a trusted advisor for those kind of companies?
1: Yeah, great question. Um, well, I uh, use LinkedIn, believe it or not, to <laughs> to target those particular businesses, and I guess um, yeah. So, so you can find the decision makers on LinkedIn, and you can you can connect with them and, and send them messages. I guess. Um, my approach has been to approach them in a way that that adds value. Like I've been very targeted with companies, say like Apple. Um, you know, like I've offered to, to give them feedback on their existing profiles or, or what have you. Um, then that led to me coming in and doing a lunchtime seminar. And then they said, oh, we want you to come in every every month and do a lunchtime seminar. And then like and then I started advising you know different departments in their team. So you you sort of get your foot in the door if you approach with adding value, and then. Um, You know, if you're good at what you do, eventually, you know, you'll uh, be referred within the companies. Those bigger ones, there's a lot of, you know, red tape, like there's a lot of, you know, if somebody changes, staff members change, then the relationship changes. But those big ones, I specifically went out and targeted. Um, And then uh, there's a lot of other good businesses that we work with that generally find me through either um, Google or, or through content um, and at the moment, like YouTube's been very um, a big way that we've got a lot of international clients um, finding us on there.
0: Okay, yeah, that's uh, that, that's super awesome. Cause I, I, when I was uh, reading through your profile and stuff, uh, I saw uh, one of the things a while back you said you used to be a Google guy, right? Like uh, back 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 in the day, um, and got to the top of Google, like when you were selling uh, selling villas and stuff like that, and then you got the yeah. old Google slap. Um, when the algorithm updated and stuff like that so um, how how important do you think it is having something like LinkedIn right where maybe yes you do need to be able to adapt but some of the principles are still maybe more consistent than it is with Google where Google can go and change the whole algorithm overnight
1: yeah yeah I think that you know what I learned throughout my marketing career is um, if you try and if you try and like find shortcuts that that hack the platform, like I basically got websites to the top of Google that shouldn't really have been there because yeah. I was, you know, like I'd get all these backlinks and, and I was like, oh, that tricks the algorithm. It thinks this website is really popular because it's got all these links to it. Um, it wasn't really. So what happened is the algorithm got smarter and then... You know, I got penalized for doing these these hacks. And it's the same sort of thing. Then you look at Instagram and you've got these influencers on there that bought all their followers and likes. Eventually the Instagram algorithm gets better or whatever and, and no one can see their content. They don't have a career anymore. Um, so like, I just, I always believe that you have to align your actions with the objectives of the platform. Um, and so when it comes to LinkedIn, like there's still people out there that, that are hacking their content at the top of the news feed through things like engagement pods and stuff like that. Um, and, you know, I think that, that that's a bad strategy in the, in the long term or even medium term. Um, and it, it is still changing. Like, there's things that come up all the time that change the way we have to do things. Like a great, great example is, is um, you know, live video, which came out, you know, and I jumped on that. I've, you know, seen what happened on Facebook with, with live video, started a series Monday Night Live, and it won Best Use of LinkedIn at the Social Media Awards in 2020. And just in the last, I think it was five or six weeks ago, I noticed the numbers of people attending dropped quite a lot. And then I realized what, what they're doing is now when you schedule a live video, it, it actually is uh, set up as a LinkedIn event um, as opposed to a LinkedIn post, which means that in order to get people to the live, you then need to invite people to that event rather right. than it just you know being pushed out to news. So I actually paused Monday Night Live and I haven't done it for the last four weeks um, while I work out what the, the system is and strategy is to get the numbers there. Cause I'm not going to just continue doing something if it's not working. Um, yeah. So, you know, we'll, we'll start it up again. Now I've, I've, I've got some systems in place to, to get people to the event and so on, but things like that are always popping up in terms of you know how to use a platform, how you, how you approach prospects on there for lead generation, stuff like that. Um, a lot of it, like you say, is still the same. It hasn't really changed too much. I guess if anything, LinkedIn have just, made it there's a few more restrictions there because they want people to upgrade to their premium products and Mm. you know that's fair enough the premium products have got better so there's an opportunity there as well
0: yeah and you know a lot of people may think of linkedin and just go what so i just go and send thousands of thousands of dms to people and then uh and then fingers crossed you know you put enough uh bait in the water then hopefully you'll catch a fish so, is is that the correct way to use LinkedIn, or or, or should be people be focused on building relationships and stuff?
1: But well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I like at the end of the day, if if what you do, if what you do, you try it and it works, then then more power to you. Um, you know, I think of it a bit like an analogy that I use is is if you you are. Um, Going out to a nightclub trying to pick up girls. And if you go around like asking every girl to come home with you, like every now and then m- one might say yes, right? Like, but it probably is not going to be the, or oh, well, I shouldn't say this, but it may not be the, t- the top caliber. And in the process, you're going to piss a lot of girls off, right? Yeah. So if, if you go, if you don't try and get late on the first date and you go in with the mentality to add value and to find out information about them um and build the relationship then you will you build long-term relationships with top quality clients and i think that's the approach that people have got to take on linkedin and you know it's the more i think about it i understand that you know when people are face to face they seem to um they, they don't seem to have a problem like understanding that it's not all about them and they shouldn't just spew information on people but as soon as they get behind a computer empathy goes down um because it's like well, was a person on the screen and it's not you know and so they message them and, and they just like talk about themselves and what they want or why they're awesome thinking that they're just assuming that that other person is interested um and, and i think the the way to 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 approach people on linkedin that you don't know is you have to show interest in in what they're doing and ask them questions and, and try and get the conversation off of linkedin onto a onto a call if you can um because that way you can you can ask them questions get their answers and you know and, and um if they tell you oh you know i've got this problem and, and that's the problem that you solve then you can simply ask them well would would you like to know more about how i can help you with that and, and that's why you're getting commission um to just to, to then you can sell to them all you want because it's solving their problem but if you just start telling people they got a problem or telling people a solution to a problem they don't understand like you're just gonna annoy everyone, and um, it won't work. And and I think that's you know people think oh yeah go on LinkedIn oh LinkedIn wow you can message loads of people that's awesome we're just gonna message them about ourselves. Same with email marketing it's like people tell me all the time when they're like Nathaniel I've got I've got a database of 50,000 email addresses. Well, are they 50,000 people that want to hear from you that expect to hear from you? You know and and if not like what 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 good is it gonna be? interrupting 50,000 people with something they're not interested in like yeah yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah it's like even essentially it having, their inbox. A, having yeah. a football stadium full of uh f- full of football fans and then like advertising i, I don't know uh crochet or something like that <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, and, and yeah, it's, and and like not even sure where the ad's showing, like as yeah. well, like you know, if, if it's ending up in a spam folder, it could be like a little TV in the locker room at the back, which no one can see in any event, <laughs> you know.
0: <That's-> um, yeah. <laughs> So it certainly certainly makes a lot of sense in that way now so something that's slightly different outside linkedin and i'm just i mean intrigued of, of your opinion on it so i know you, you you went to university to study finance you know hated the first lesson <laughs> and was like no i'm switching to marketing. your homework. say that again
1: you've done your homework <laughs> i have done
0: my homework i always do my homework so uh, so yeah you then you, know, you switch to marketing and then um he, he said the thing that he amazed you in the 5 five-year course and there wasn't a single module on online marketing so yeah I'm, I'm curious where, when it comes to university and, and the education system and like this this could go down a rabbit hole so I just want to see where this goes but do you think like university is actually setting people up for success or if you were to like relive that again and rewrite on the tape would you have done it differently would you just gone do you know what I'm just going to go and learn this online marketing thing and go straight out of straight out of school and and go and do that?
1: Hmm. Yeah. Good question. I guess like there's a lot I got from university. So it's it's hard for me to dismiss it now. Like I, 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 um, you know, I like to socialize a lot. So I, I just used to cram before my exams and, and I used to like finish my assignments the, the night before they were due. And, and it gave me the skill of being able to, um, you know get a big project done in a short amount of time or learn some learn like a whole subject in a very short amount of time like it's it's and i guess it's really like it's just really valuable like a lot of people will go look at something like um you know linkedin and and let's say you know they need to write an article on linkedin and they don't know anything about it and it's quite easy just to say well you know, I don't know how to write LinkedIn articles. I'm not good at that. Like, and that, that's it. Or you can, you can spend like 12 hours sitting there researching it, writing down all the notes, getting all the best pieces of information and, and putting together a, a plan and then, and then monitoring the feedback. And just like you, you can't get really good at something. It takes a lot of time and and, and patience and effort. But I got that skill from, Uh, university I didn't want to go to uni I wanted to start a business straight away um but I kind of did that anyway so like I I think you can do both the reason I went to university is because no one in my family had been before and it was very important to my mom like she was mom was like like this broke down when I said I wasn't thinking of going to university and I was like uh, okay I'll go for you mom (laughs) and then when I left university she's like she's like didn't want me to go you know work work on my own business she wanted me to um work for like a bank and i was like mom if i do this i'm just i'm not going to be happy i'm sorry i've done the uni thing i'm not i'm not going to go do the bank thing." i completely understand why she would want to push me in that direction like it definitely like as a mother, like watching your, your kid go through like ups and downs of business and pale businesses. And, and, and you know, sometimes they seem like they've got no money and, and sometimes they're doing really well. It, it can seem, it is quite volatile, but like you're either built for it or you're not. Like it's not for everyone. It can seem quite glamorous from the outside. But I think um, for for me, like I, you know, whether, whether it works out or it doesn't, like the, I, I really enjoy being in control of what I'm doing in my career day to day. Um, and and you get it's like with anything you get better at it. It's it's not an easy thing to learn running a business, but if you enjoy it and you're passionate about it, like it's, it's a great career choice.
0: So, so something I uh, I heard on a podcast once is about um, I think it was I was listening to a Russell Brunson's podcast and he said on there um, someone said I will never work with someone who hasn't cycled right as as in pretty much lost everything. And then started again so if, if you have had that point in your business where it's just like you're like wow this is what what was the what was the all-time low that then maybe catapulted you to get to the next stage of growth
1: yeah i i guess like like i i, I got a lot of lessons early on and i like was really you know grateful for them like i did get them early on um, when I started my business, you know, when I was completely broke and getting evicted and had my electricity cut off, like that was pretty full on. But I guess like, once I started the company, like I, I grew really fast, you know, and I was like very good at sales. I had no experience managing a business. So I hired a business coach and stuff. But I I went, you know, within a year I had, I think it was 12 people working for me. Hmm. It might have been between, it was either 9 or 12. I can't, I can't remember exactly. Maybe I had some contractors. Um, and it was just getting to the point where like, I was like, it was basically my responsibility to make sure the money was coming in and and the salespeople were like, you know, it's taking them some time to get there. And they kind of like, you know, it's not like life or death whether like, they still get their, their base salary. Right. And so what it got to a point where like at the end of the month, I was like going out and just rounding up, like, you know, tons of business to pay for everyone's salary. And after a few months of doing it, like I just, there's one, one month I, c- I couldn't pay one person's salary, you know? And, and, and like it, the culture was really good in the team, but as soon as like somebody doesn't get paid, like it, it, it can have a, a big impact on the team. And my business imploded like really quickly. Like I, I lost, I went down to like one person within a couple of months wow. um, and it just grew too fast. Like my business, I remember my business coach telling me, you need to fire this person um and i was like why am I, why do i need to fire them and they're like well because you don't have the cash flow to support it and i was like i'm not gonna fire somebody uh for something they didn't do wrong <laughs> mm. like and, and then and then you know like i just made like you've got to protect the business because it impacts like if you lose 11 people because you weren't responsible enough with your cash flow then you haven't done the right thing either um and that that really uh set me back because I viewed my team as a family. Like I, you know, especially like the, some of the salespeople, I viewed them as like younger brothers or proteges. I invested so much in them, and then you know, like I under completely. Understand that if they don't get paid. They're like, um, you know, that, that they just try and steal your clients. They do these things. They hurt you, and and like, they will like they, you know, and um and you let them down and then like for a while like I was like quite nervous around growth and and I still am like I still am nervous around bringing on too many people because I know it's a big responsibility and I've been able to to grow my business without that volume of people um Mm -hmm. since then and yeah that's just that's just worked for me like but when I started I literally wanted to have the biggest LinkedIn agency in the world wanted to have 120 account managers and like I, 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 couldn't think of uh, anything worse. Like these days, like I much prefer the model that I have, which is quite a new model. Like it, it's more like, um, I think I think it's been referred to by thought leaders as like a practice where you know you're you're the person that the business does revolve around, and you have this you know support around you to help implement stuff. Um, and but you can still build a million dollar business like that. You know, if you do it the right way. Um. It, you know, it just, it just it's not necessarily something that you can scale to, you know, 20 million and then sell. Or Maybe that's limiting belief. Maybe you can. But but um, anyway, that, yeah, that's the type of business that I'm running and I'm really enjoying it. It's really
0: interesting. It's quite often our, our biggest failures and become our biggest asset. Right. So you, you probably wouldn't have built the business that you've got now in that way and, and built it so lean. If 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 it wasn't for going through that failure, is is that I think
1: as entrepreneurs as well, we have a tendency to put a positive spin on things. Um, <laughs> and so, like I was always like, "It'll be all right." I I'll hire two people at once. I'll do this, do that. And um, and and when you're dealing with people's lives, like you just you you've got to you've got to be. Not, you, it's okay to see things better than they are, but like um, you've got to also be realistic and, and honest, so that you don't that your uh, decisions don't impact other people taking on somebody and, and supporting their, you know, you maybe supporting their family and their, their rent and everything is a big responsibility and something that you you can't just go, oh yeah, I'll be all right, I'll figure that out um, because it involves p- people's lives. Same thing when you borrow money, like there's, there's lots of different scenarios where you need to be a bit more responsible, um, but we have a tendency to be a pos- put a positive spin on things and, you know, that sometimes that can, that can get you in trouble.
0: <laughs> yeah, the, there's a book that I read um, by Keith Cunningham, "The Road Less Stupid," and he it, it, it talks about like look at the upside, but most importantly, look yeah, yeah. at the downside and make sure that you're okay with the downside. Um, and it, <laughs> it, it, it it sounds like that's the way you built your business. Now is like okay, that downside of like letting stuff go that's not, that's not something that I'm willing to do. So I'm, yeah, I'm,
1: I'm yeah, I mean money. it just sucks. Like it, I, yeah. I can I can do it, and like I'll knuckle down and I'll work my way through it. Um, but yeah it was probably unnecessary like we were growing um we could have done it in a more managed way but paid attention to my business coach bless him
0: (laughs) (laughs) i like i like that now um i've I've seen seen some of the videos and stuff that that you've got what one of them i saw you were teaching people how to raise capital on linkedin which is not you know where people's heads maybe go straight away they think um, a little bit more like direct to market selling and stuff like that so what what are some of the that maybe the lesser known ways that people use LinkedIn to generate sales?
1: Um, you mean for raising capitals? Well,
0: so, yeah, I mean, like raising capitals, one, like is, because I've seen other people do things like, what, brokering and things like that as well. Like, do you, yeah. do you have clients, that, so like, you know, the bigger clients, I imagine they're maybe using LinkedIn in a different way than some of uh, the smaller clients. Is that right?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, the, big, the bigger businesses are much more interested in brand, um, which is, is is great for a marketer because you can you can build this you can build this awesome brand without them measuring things like return on investment in the short term. Um, you know, with with smaller businesses, they want to see return on investment in the short term, which is not so easy to measure with some of the brand building stuff. Um, you know, it, it, people raising businesses raising capital or, or individuals raising capital like they you if you're an investor right and you or, or you run a, a private equity company like one of the biggest challenges you have is finding good investment opportunities um, and yes they do get a lot of proposals on their desk and that they have to go through but they do go through them and they do want to find the good ones and and so um generally they'll have, you know, we're looking for investment opportunities or investor in their profile. So you can find them. They might be members of the Agile investor group or something like that. Um, and and you can approach them and, and say, you know, like, I've got this investment opportunity that I think would be good for you. Uh, where's the best place to send it? And like, it's got to be good. Like, it's not, you know, not, these guys are professional investors. You've got to be prepared, make sure your deck's on point and all that kind of stuff. But if it is good, um, it's a great way to, to get your stuff in front of a lot of investors. We had a, a guy that was doing a crowdfunding campaign for a e-bike, e-bikes, um, electronic bikes company, and he came to me and he said, "Oh, I want to raise a million dollars in, I think it was one month, thirty days." I said, "You're, you're crazy. How are we going to raise a million dollars?" But what I didn't know is his, his product is good, investors want it, and and he hit that target. We were having champagne at the end of the month. <laughs> so you know you can, they're there. You can approach them. Um, it, it, but it, you know you got to ask yourself like, is, what you're offering good enough. Um, and, if, and if it is and approach in the right way, give them inf- information in the way that they expect it, so they don't have to, you know, go digging for it, and it'll work.
0: That's, that's fantastic. Fantastic. And what what do you think our audience is missing when it comes to LinkedIn? What's the you know, if you apply the eighty twenty rule, 80% of the results come from 20% of the actions, like what's what's the biggest needle movers on LinkedIn Of of, if I was going to optimize anything, what would it be?
1: Yeah, well, like your your profile is really important because whatever you do on LinkedIn, people will refer back to your profile. So main thing to think in mind, keep in mind there is if you're using it to get more customers, you've got to make sure the profile's set up in a way that that talks to the somebody that is a potential customer. You know, like make sure that they know, like that you look after them immediately, rather than, you know, like I've been in the medical industry for 25 years and I've got worked at this hospital and I'm a member of this chamber and you know all that stuff like if you're if you're looking for like a corporate health check for example um like you're not interested like that stuff might be important down the profile but like the first question should be are you looking for a corporate health check you know like this is who we help this this is the benefit this is what to do next Um, and then the other thing is like you've got to think of linkedin like your professional network so anyone that says oh linkedin's terrible i get all these sales letters and and stuff on there and the content I see in the news feeds is rubbish, LinkedIn sucks. What they've got to understand is, is their experience sucks because of who's in their network. Like if you go on there and you're just reactive, whoever sends you an invitation, you accept. Or, or you know, you may not accept all of them. Be like, oh, he looks cool. He looks nice. Yeah, he's in my city. Uh, you end up with like this, this network full of people that had their own reasons to send you invitations. Not you weren't proactive in finding you know, people in your target audience to connect with. And so you're going to get a lot of sales letters. You'll probably maybe get a lot of recruitment letters, depending on what your role is, you know. Um, and, and then your experience won't be that good on LinkedIn. If, if you're a member of an engagement pod and you're, and you're engaging on content that's not relevant that you're not actually interested in, you just want to get a like and comment back, then your newsfeed will slowly become full, filled with rubbish that you're not interested in. Like, I make a conservative effort, like a really big effort to make some of my newsfeed has content in it which I'm not so much like I'm interested in because I use it as a prospecting tool like I'm not really hanging out there for fun so Mm. so I'm like okay these are my prospects make sure that you're commenting on their stuff my clients I'm always engaging on their stuff so I'm teaching the algorithm show me more of this show me more of this because I want to make sure that I you know keep on top of what they're doing um, and, and it's and it's worked. I've had to unfollow a lot of people on LinkedIn. But just remember, like it's all down to the quality of your of your network. And when, when I say this on podcasts and stuff, a lot of people come back to me and they're like, oh, I've got 200 connections, but I don't think 50 of them are relevant. Should I remove them? And I'm and I you know like like I understand what you're saying, but like is that, those 50 aren't going to hurt you. It's it's those um 150 that you want to build to like a thousand so i'd focus on building network with the relevant people rather than removing people that you've already already got like there's there's some benefit because you'll see more secondary connections but like rather than being reactive and just accepting whoever sends you an invitation take the time to do a, a search and search for people that are in in your target audience and and like a lot of the listeners that, that you know entrepreneurs six just going to seven figures um, a, a lot of them, you know, if they, they start a business and they may be an accountant and, you know, like they may be really good at what they do and, you know, they're, they're very personable and they get a lot of referrals and stuff. Um, and when they get to LinkedIn and they message people about accounting services, they don't do that do that well, like, because they don't stand out from the crowd. Mm-hmm. So like getting a point of difference is, is quite important. Um, and you can have point of differences like, you know, we, you know, get back to people within an hour or like we deliver results but like the problem is when you say stuff like that uh, like a lot of people say that a lot of people say that stuff like no one necessarily believes you until they've tried it right um and so a really good way to to stand out from the crowd is just to specialize in a niche Uh, you know as i say to, i've like business coaches contact me and they're and they're like how do i improve my results i'm like i'm like you just pick an industry like be the business coach for medical practices like you will stand out to all those businesses you know you're being more niche you'll get a way better conversion rate and, and you'll do a lot more business and you'll be the expert and you'll connect with everyone in that industry um, because you stand out just because you're a specialist. If they can choose, all things being equal, just work with a business coach that works with every single type of business and a business coach that works just in their industry, they're, they're going to choose you. You're going to stand out.
0: Yeah, and I suppose you can even double niche on that as well, right? So like the medical practitioners could be like holistic medical practitioners and stuff like that. So it's like that people want to just go yeah that's me that's what you're looking for is that's right that's me
1: mm, uh, and then everything
0: else comes into line
1: yeah i i think i did it for like i did it for a while with financial services like um you know that's the other thing you can change your profile like if you want to run a campaign for a month of medical practices change your headline to you know especially to medical practices you can always change it later um but i was doing medical practices before i started in um linkedin specifically when i was selling on my marketing services i'd I was hitting up medical practices and, and I literally became the industry expert. Like, there are a few new, nuances. There's not that many, but if you know what they are, like you, your conversion rate will go, go through the roof and they had loads of money to spend. Um, still, still know a lot of them, like the surgeons and dentists that I used to work with. Um, so it works incredibly well. Um, I, I, and now when I get to this point where I'm at now, where I, I am a thought leader. A lot of the businesses that come to me have been watching my content. Like they're they're just the i they're the ideal type of of client. But just, you don't get there overnight. So sometimes if you're starting out, a great way to differentiate yourself is to pick a niche. I
0: like it. Like it. Fantastic. Now, um, one of the things that we ask everyone who comes on the show, uh, and this this is a bit bit more of a deep question as well, Nathaniel, it is <laughs> what do you want to be remembered
1: for when you die? Ah. Oh well <laughs> oh look i mean i've tried not to attach you know my worth to other people's opinions to be to be honest yeah. um um, but uh, i guess i want to be remembered for somebody that gave more than they they took you know like I, I i always try to add more value whether it's in business or relationships or whatever it's not always perceived that way and i'm kind of okay with that um but hopefully there's a few people stuck stuck around when i go that's that's all that and remember that i was a guy that gave more to the world than he took
0: (laughs) yeah that's really really powerful as well i think and that at the end of the day that's really purpose in life right it's just just um leave the world better than the way you found it
1: yeah yeah i mean like but you know it's all it's all uh uh perspective you know some people might not agree with you um (laughs) so you just gotta do your best you gotta be open to feedback and and just be careful who you're taking feedback from because like there's a lot of there are a lot of businesses out there and and there were times in my career where i thought i was adding value and the feedback wasn't that way at all and so i was like i had to learn how to add value in the way people want to receive it Mm. Um, you know so but then you know you got to take feedback from people that are in your audience like if you if you post a video and, and your mates down at the pub on a Friday night go oh you look like a bit of a wanker in that video like that feedback if they're not in target audience it's, it's irrelevant like it just doesn't matter because they're not the right people so you just got t- you just of take everything in context. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> I,
0: I like that. Now, now, what is um what is one quick win that people can use to amplify their business today?
1: So I, I would sit down and in a, in an imaginary world where you could have a genie and a, and a, you know you could make a wish of who your perfect client would be, um, whatever company that is. Write down one company and then write down the decision makers, the, the decision, the title of the decision maker. For, for that, that would, that would hire you. And then write down all of the people that would influence that decision maker within the organization, what their job title would be. And you may have to do some research for this. Um, and I would make it your goal to go out and land that client, like through LinkedIn. Like it's totally possible. I've done it over and over again for, for myself and other businesses. And when you, when you nail it, your, your confidence will go through the roof. You get so excited about your business. It's totally possible. Um, and and if if you get rejected, you'll you'll learn. You just got to find out why why they didn't buy or why they didn't accept that meeting and and change your approach. But if you like approach the company, you keep trying and eventually like if you get to a point where you add enough value that they say yes, they'll do business with you. Like there's a lot of people that said yes to me that said no to me for more than 50 times before they said yes. And that's the only way I learn how to get the yes is through those 50 no's persistence pays off.
0: Mm. Um, I, yeah. I, I, I love that. Now, it's been amazing having you on the show, Nathaniel. What seven-figure-plus entrepreneur would you nominate to be on the show next? I oh,
1: would have seven figures, eh? Um, Seven-figure entrepreneur, would I, I... I'm just wondering if the person I was thinking of would be seven figures. Um, I'm a
0: curveballed you. I've, I've curveballed you a bit with that one. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who would I nominate to be next? Um, I reckon that you should interview um, a guy called (laughs) – a weird one, but this guy like – I think your community get a lot of value out of interviewing this guy. He actually has his own podcast as well. It's called the Perth Entrepreneurs Podcast. Hmm. Um, but uh, I'd hit up Neil Gibb. Uh, I'd make an introduction for you. But he's in the property business, got a very innovative business and has also like latched on to things like social media. He's been growing his business really well. I think you'd have a really interesting conversation with him. Um, and yeah, and then I think sales is really important as well. Um, so there, there is a sales uh, lady that I would be happy to introduce you to as well. Her name is Harriet. <laughs> Both, and that last name's escaped me but i'll make introduction to her as well she would be awesome for sales coaching
0: fan fantastic absolutely love that now uh nathaniel obviously you've given so much so much value on this call from from linkedin to discussing going down a few rabbit holes as well so um yes where where can people hear more about you and what you do
1: yeah, so check out the, uh, YouTube and my podcast, like on Spotify, iTunes, called the it Nathaniel Bibby Podcast. On YouTube, it's Nathaniel Bibby. That's a great place to go, and, like find loads of live talks, free content, stuff like that. Um, if you want to check out my uh, my courses, go to NathanielBibby.com. Of course, I'm on LinkedIn as well, as where you can find bite-sized content. Um, just look up Nathaniel Bibby, and I'm on Instagram, Nat Bibby. Um, there's not there's not very many places you can't find me on the social media networks.
0: I, I i love that and uh, for anyone listening that bibby is spelled b i double b y um that's got a real yeah. ring to it as well
1: <laughs> yeah thanks very much for having me i really appreciate it and uh yeah you don't did your homework great question, so i appreciate it thank you
0: i uh, appreciate it nathaniel you've been listening to the amplified to seven figures podcast with me paul ace and my amazing guest nathaniel Bibby. Remember amplify your business and amplify your life bye for now thanks for listening to the amplify to seven figures podcast to access the show notes episodes and this month's giveaway head over to to 7 figurescom remember amplify your business amplify Amplify your your life. life